0: You are Locked On Padres,
1: your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to an edition of Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, April 27th. Yes, April 27th, as always, I am your host, but sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes, and I am being joined by, for today's episode, okay, first of all, thank you for making Lockdown Potters your hashtag first listen every day, free and available on all platforms, if you want to see me acting like a goon on YouTube, go check out there as well, but to my right, nope, to my left, whatever, is longtime guest of the podcast, former host of Lockdown Marlins, former host. Of the lockdown mlb prospects podcast co-founder of justbaseball.com co-host of the just baseball show co-host or host of outside the box with former major league great jeff conine and host of the call-up his newest mlb prospects podcast and also a host on the state of the division podcast (laughs) hopefully i got
0: everything you're just listing things to list things now you don't have to go you don't have to go with all of them you know today today my only relevancy is is the call up guy right the the prospect podcast guy uh but no i'm I'm super excited to be on and uh look i i think from the last time we spoke this padre system is a lot better than it was Mm. and not due to any trades just really some decent drafting and some good development uh, in the early going and, and through the off season and uh, yeah, so really excited to
1: talk about this Padres system. Absolutely, man, absolutely. I love doing a a nice prospect. Whether it's Lindsey Crosby or it's Aram, we're talking Aram today because they just dropped not just a oh an episode on C.J. Abrams or they've been talking about specific guys. They did a top 100 that I'm going to link in the podcast description of all major league prospects and. To me, everybody who knows Aram, you probably should. You probably have seen his analysis before. He's very on point, very good stuff, and he's been on the show before. And what I like about it, full disclosure, I'm part of Just Baseball too as well, but what I like about it is there's a lot different here than some other um, top 100s out there, uh, especially, which is one thing we're going to talk about, but we're going to focus on, for now, the Padres prospects that made the Just Baseball top 100, and I will start by just listening them out. C.J. Abrams came in at number 13, which shouldn't be surprising to anyone. He is the top one. Robert Hassel at number 24, who we're going to spend a lot of time talking about. Luis Campizano at 91, and Mackenzie Gore at number 95. So, I mean, let's start with first a a bunch of guys that just debuted for the Padres, or I shouldn't say just debuted, but have debuted for the Padres, all right? That is C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie Gore, so number 13 on the Just Baseball Top 100, and number 95 Arm, out of what you've seen from C.J. Abrams, let's start with him first. Let's start with him first, because he's been, probably for Padres fans, the less exciting of the two. What have you seen? Granted, it is a batter who isn't getting everyday, regular time, because they have Hassan Kim, they've got some other guys in the infield, but what have you seen from him? What is kind of your takeaway? Yeah, you know, so from, from Abrams on the positive side,
0: uh, he's been phenomenal defensively. I, I really like what I've seen from him with the glove, and I think we've seen how, one, how much Better he's gotten at shortstop, but to the versatility and also just the fact that he's 21 and up there right now, Mm -hmm. I think really speaks volumes to to his maturity and and how advanced he is. Like it hasn't gone the way that we would have hoped in the early going. And I honestly thought it was aggressive to call him up. Like, let's remember here, this is somebody that not only has only played 42 games at the double A level, he has only played 44 games in his career above the rookie ball level. And he's only played going into this season. 76 professional baseball games so i I do think it was a little bit aggressive but here's the thing they were so encouraged by the defense the speed is top scale and he puts the bat on the ball there was a lot of reason to to look at cj abrams and say okay this guy can help us now especially with fernando tatis out i just don't think he's quite ready in terms of just handling big league ab's you know you see him kind of just giving up at bats early swinging at pitches that Maybe he could put the bat on, but in a hitter's count, if you're swinging at a pitch off the edge, you're going to ground out, right? Like it's like little things like that, that you learn as you get more at bats under your belt, but he's not striking out an egregious amount. He's walking a decent amount. It's just really going after pitches that he can really do much with. He still needs to learn that. And that's something that comes with more at bats and, he only has had so many professional A B's. I'm not worried about Abrams in the slightest, but personally, I'd like to see him get a little bit more action in AAA. And, and I hope that he does get that everyday opportunity there uh, once Tatis comes back. And then, you know, I think he'll be back and ready to go at the big league level.
1: Yeah, I agree, and that shouldn't be a shock to you or anybody listening. On this podcast, I've talked a little bit about how, not that I think that I'm the biggest believer that Hassan Kim is the next star or anything like that, but for me, it was, you got this investment in this guy, let's just let it ride, play Kim at shortstop for three months. I wouldn't have minded that. Calling up Abrams was exciting, let's be honest. He's one of the top prospects. You want to have that jolt and whatnot. And you know he has struggled hitting, I think he's batting 118 as of the time of this recording which, you know, it happens, right? But I do agree with you. He doesn't look quite lost. It just looks like, yeah, he needs a little bit more time. I think that who we're going to talk about in a little bit, Luis Campizano, who actually was just called up um, for the Padres. When he got called up, he looked a little bit more lost at the plate. While Abrams, it's like, all right, he's making the contact, but it's just not quite going where he would like it to go and whatnot. But you touched on the defense. That is one thing I do like about Abrams is that they kind of have this fun platoon every every now and then because of they have their first baseman situation, so they can't move Cronenworth there, so it's either one, no matter which day it is, you have a plus at shortstop defensively, so that was one thing that I did like about the move, where it was like, alright, whether it be Kim or Abrams for three months, alright, it's whatever I would have just played Kim every day to see what you have but I also don't mind this because of the defense being a plus for Abrams it was his first major league game, he made this great throw that I absolutely adore oh and that was really fun, yeah, that was <laughs> that was, really that was awesome and then like two days later, he had his first hit. So I'm not worried or anything like that. And I think the big thing, like you just mentioned, is 21 years old. <laughs> like, yeah. like, he's he's 21. Like, this isn't – it's just so rare, I think. And we have to – when talking about prospects, in my opinion, it's, it's what, like two that I can think of that right when they get called up, not only right when they get called up that they're good, but this young. I mean, Harper, obviously, is the big – anomaly right and when he gets yeah. called up at 19 and all that stuff and then correa i remember if i'm not mistaken and again i'm this is the point ladies and gentlemen i'm naming some of the best players in the game exactly and i think when correa was called up he didn't have like the most experience in AAA, but i guess the dude was just like whatever i just call me up i'll be fine trust me and then the <laughs> astros were like no problem and then they did and then he was great so that is a great point though that i think that he's young and like you said just not quite there, but it shouldn't be too much of a surprise.
0: Yeah. And one other point on Abrams, too, is that you know th- this is a high school guy. So he's making yeah. the jump from high school to the big leagues in roughly 74 to 76 professional games in between. Yes, mm-hmm. there was the alternate training site. Yes, there were some other aspects and like other other opportunities for him to continue to develop, but it's not real game action. And that's the most important thing. Uh, The real issue with Abrams has really just been big league breaking balls. (laughs) Again, he's barely seen minor league breaking balls. So how are you expecting this guy to be able to handle big league breaking balls? He's caught up to velocity, which is really important. Because you talk about Camposano. He looked like he was getting blown up at times. He just seemed like he was caught in between. Abrams, it's really just recognizing what is just a higher quality of breaking balls that he has not seen. Uh, He's going to be just fine. The fact that he already has two defensive runs saved uh, in 11 games at shortstop, and he hasn't played all 11 games at shortstop, and he hasn't played – all nine innings, every single game at short is a testament to how far he's come defensively, and that was what really stood out to me when I went back and watched all the tape ahead of this season. Was how much better he has gotten with the glove at short, and it's going to be really interesting to see what their plan is with him long term because he is a plus, or at least a well above average defender there. Uh, but there's a lot of reason to believe that Fernando Tatis Jr. is actually a lot better defensively. Uh, than a lot of people make him out to be, which is an entirely different conversation. Uh, But all that to say, Abrams has the potential to be a plus defender at short, uh, which is a good problem to have for uh, the Mm. Padres. Three guys that could be very
1: capable at the position. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what else is a good problem to have? The fact that I have leftover good stuff currently residing in my house. You know what that good stuff is? It's Athletic Greens. Ooh. (laughs) Athletic Greens, ladies. It's over. And they're great. And you just said it. Ooh, are you, are you familiar, Aram, with Athletic Greens? I know some Athletic Greens. Oh, nice, nice. That's that's great to hear, man. Um, I still have some left over. And what I really like is that when I was using it, granted, I just haven't lately, uh, it's really helpful because, you know, I'm trying to be, get better healthy, want to manage my gut a little bit more, and just frankly, just have a good start to my day. I think that that's an underrated aspect of life. And Athletic Greens helps you out, guys. So what is this? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. A lot of SAT kind of words on there, guys. And I've got more for you, all right? I've got even more for you. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free stuff. Contains less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. And tons of people are taking some kind of, you know, multivitamins type of thing. It's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And for me, it just makes me feel better, you know? I'm just, like, ready for my day, feel a little bit more focused. You know, you don't have to be C.J. Abrams or the guy we're going to talk about, Mackenzie Gore, necessarily, to see the benefits of athletic greens. I think is the way to say it, guys. So... Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. That's it. You don't need to, you know, put together some giant invention and system and pour this into that like you're a mad scientist. That's all you need. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit Athletic. Greens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. How about that? And speaking of insurance arm, the Padres had some insurance when Blake Snell headed to the aisle. I'm doing pretty good today. With this one. Yeah, uh, when Blake Snell thing. and Mike Clevenger landed on the IL, and that's McKenzie Gore. We got to talk about him. Firstly, Just want to bring up his first two starts against the Atlanta Braves. Pretty good team defending champions. His, you know, um, major league debut, five and a third, two earned runs on three hits, two walks, three Ks, and then even better in a second start, five innings, no runs, four hits though, two walks and seven Ks. So granted, small sample size in terms of the overall amount of starts, but what have you seen? What do you think of the the tumultuous, really long (laughs) developing prospect Mackenzie Gore so far?
0: Yeah, so I want to preface with this. I would have liked to have had Gore up higher um, on our top 100. He was at 95, as we mentioned. I mean, there was a lot of lists that didn't even have him on going into the year. Uh, I just it got to the point where the list was about to be published. He kept looking better and better, and I would have had to almost just redo a lot of what was set up already to bump Gore up. But after what I saw in spring training, then after what I saw through the first couple of starts, that was enough for me to be confident. Enough in jumping him or, or, or pushing him up at least into the, the mid 70s, late 70s range in the top 100. So I'll say that like he is he is probably a guy that should have been ranked a little bit higher. But we were already ready to publish the list, and I thought you know I'll still be able to get all my thoughts on Mackenzie Gore out there. And and so those thoughts really are one. He looks confident. He looks like he trusts his stuff, and he looks like he trusts his mechanics. And that was something that we didn't see last year, right? I mean, this was undoubtedly a a mental battle for him last year we saw him tinkering we saw him changing his mechanics we saw him changing what you know his pitch usage was uh and now he found a more simple approach more simple mechanics that work for him and also has kind of felt out his arsenal and and knows exactly what he wants to go to where and uh, that's the biggest thing the fastball command is back and he's going to be a guy that's going to give up some loud contact here and there I mean, we talk about that with pitchers. I know you've talked about it with Sean Minaya. Uh, That doesn't mean they're not a good pitcher. It just means when they're off, it can be a little bit more ugly. Mackenzie Gore's fastball doesn't quite have that profile where you miss over the middle and the guy still swings through it. Uh, like He's one of those guys that if he doesn't hit his spots as much, he, he's susceptible to getting burnt. But th- here's the thing. He's got an assortment of secondaries that he can go to, and that's the difference. That's what what makes Mackenzie Gore so good. The fastball below is ticked up. It's still an above-average pitch. But now he has all of these secondaries he can come after you with, and all of them have looked really good. And that's what's really stood out to me. The feel for the curveball has been fantastic. The slider has been really good. And even the changeups that he's mixed in have looked really solid as well. So when you have a guy with an above-average fastball and then three secondary pitches that all look above-average – and he shows a good feel for, I mean, that's a really safe bet to be a good pitcher. And even through all the, the tumultuous times that we talk about with Gore, he just turned 23. Uh, so really, yeah. he's just on a normal trajectory. He was way mm-hmm. ahead of schedule. He slowed down. He hit a snag. He worked through it. And now I think he has those skills, those tools to work through what'll be almost every big leaguer goes through ups and downs as a starter. And, then, and now I think he's more equipped to be able to deal with those ups and downs. He has looked phenomenal, and I think he belongs in the big leagues right now.
1: Yeah, I, and it's it's definitely helpful. Uh, all right, This is a good example, I think, Gore um, coming up and being pretty electric so far. The fact that this is why you you want to have some prospects, you want to have some depth, that last year the Padres were in this situation, Jake Arrieta had to be called up. And yeah. I know Jake Arrieta was good once upon a time, but instead last year he was yelling at people for... Some other – I'm not even going to get into that. But he was just not doing all that great, right? And then he got yeah. killed and he got roughed up and the Padres were a mess. Now, I mean, they have two pitchers that are on IL. And Mackenzie Gore comes up here and, you know, one thing that I talked about on the podcast, which everybody can go back listen to, he threw a lot of fastballs his first start, which, granted, it was – Maybe this is a game flow thing. Like, I don't know everything. I don't know much t- in general, to be honest with you, Arm. But, like, when it, when this first start, I was like, all right, maybe they figured let's throw fastballs a lot in your first start against a lineup that can't hit the fastballs particularly well. I don't know. I haven't looked up the splits for the Reds necessarily against the type of stuff that Gore was throwing. And then he increased it a little bit more in his second start, which I did like. Um, Mackenzie Gore, I mean, it's, he's finally here, right? Like, it's just kind of crazy because I- the- I've literally known you for as long as the Mackenzie Gore saga has been happening. And I agree hundred percent that it feels like the confidence thing is the big thing with him. And he feels, I mean, he drove Don Orsillo and Mark Grant to a game one time. Yeah. Like everyone was bringing that up. Uh, our buddy, Jack McMullen uh, told us about that, like really cool stuff. And I just think that for now, I think the big question with Gore is going to be his next start is going is scheduled to be against the reds. Uh, I believe on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, this So today. Oh, yeah. So today. There we go. Uh, Spoiler. We're recording this a little bit ahead of time, but uh, that should be really interesting. Hopefully he's great in this next start. But now um, I want to talk to you about the rest of the list, the rest of the list. And those are and this is the fascinating one to me. I saw this. My eyeballs popped out like a Looney Tune. Robert Hassel landing very high. On the Just Baseball Top 100 list compared to a lot of other people. People like Robert Hassel, but you guys are really bullish on him. Number 24. Uh, Tell him about it. Tell us about him because I believe he was around like the 50, maybe 40, 50 range in last year's Top 100 list. Tell me what you've seen that gets you so excited about Robert Hassel.
0: I mean, th- this this guy's special, and, and I, I know that was going to be one that you were really going to be excited about when mm-hmm. when you saw where we ranked him. Because I mean, that that in that range, when you're in the top thirty, um, you know, those guys are all. 60 future value guys for the most part that means you know you're hoping they'll be all-stars and i just love what i've seen from Hassel when it comes to bat to ball last year he was way ahead of his years there uh there was some inconsistencies with just swing mechanics like any young high school hitter that is just making me you know transition to professional baseball he was still Mm -hmm. phenomenal in low a held his own in high a and showed some really good flashes he looks Even better this year, which is, you know, the lower half is more consistent. I could get nerdy about the swing, but just trust me, the swing looks a lot better. His body's more under control. He looks a little bit stronger. And the thing is, he's a phenomenal athlete with great bat to ball skills and now developing power that we're seeing make itself visible more and more almost every single time I see him play. Uh, but what I love is is just the athleticism in the box. You can see how comfortable he is with his body now. And I, mm. I want to be transparent here. We had him ranked where he is ranked ahead of the season. So, I mean, to see what he has done out of the gate this year, I almost wish we had him even higher. He's hitting 389 through his first 14 <laughs> games in high eight with four home runs. I, it's a joke. Only eight strikeouts and 60 plate appearances He's going to be in double A before we know it, which is nuts because he's 20 years old. Um, Again, when you have the hit tool and then you can see the power developing, not to mention he's a fringe plus runner, which I think a lot of people discount and don't pay attention to. I think he sticks in center field, which again, now you have a left-handed hitting bat for average for pop can play defense in center and even mix in some stolen bases. By the way, he already has eight this year. I really don't know how you couldn't have this guy in the top 30. He's a perennial 2020 potential 30, 30 threat with good average and good defense in center field. That's one of the top outfielders in baseball. If it all comes together. And I mean, the swing just continues to look better and better. I am all in on Robert Hassel and I have really loved what we've seen so far. He somehow has exceeded our expectations. And I think we're some of the most bullish on him in the industry.
1: Yeah. I mean, clearly by everything that you just said and the big thing with Robert Hassel is, out of all the prospects that need to hit right now, outfield is a little bit of an issue for the San Diego Padres. I know some people, all right, commentator, I know you're going to say, well, we need a first baseman. Yeah, I know, but he's stuck there. All right, what do you want me to tell you? Like, that's going to be the guy for the next four years. But in terms of the outfield with Profar and with Trent Grisham, who I've said on this podcast, I'd be I mean, super over Reaction Emporium. I don't know how I feel about Trent Grisham right now as this guy that we viewed as the locked-in center fielder of the future. Um, and then you have Myers, who's going to be coming off the books at the end of the season. I'm wondering, though, do you think that he could play left field or right field? I know that you talked a lot about center field, but for the future, do you think that that could be something to be looked into?
0: Oh, yeah, and I think he'd be a plus defender there. You know, So I think he's he's above average or, or at least average in center. He's a plus defender in the corner. And the big thing that I always look at there when we're talking about prospects is does the arm play? And does the profile fit, right? Because you in today's game, you can't have a left fielder or a right fielder that's hitting you 10 home runs. Right, mm-hmm. it, it just can't happen unless you're getting a ton of production everywhere else, which the Padres do. But the bat profiles for a corner, the arm is good enough for a corner. He'd be fine. And I think that's what's really valuable too is having an outfielder that can play all three spots, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's good in center. He could be great in either corner. I, I could see him no problem in left. Uh, but, yeah, th- this is a prospect to me that – is bordering on the untouchable range because I I, I'm, we're going to talk about it later, how some of these other prospects in the Padres system are emerging, maybe not top 100 guys, but boosting their stock. And you know, pro is going to probably want to be aggressive. That's okay. But Robert Hassel for me is a no, no, I, I, I would not let anybody get their hands on Robert Hassel because I really do think by the end of this season, he could be a top 10 prospect in baseball.
1: Oh Yeah. That's why I like to hear. That's why I like to hear he can play all over the place and a top 10 guy in the future. We'll have to see how that all pans out. But what I also like, Arm, is not just variety in the outfield and what you can do with both. You know, you're a 2020 guy and you can play left and right. I also like variety in the stuff that I eat and mainly protein bars. <laughs> and what I, I love about built bars, man. This is what I love about built bars the most. You've heard about these things before, you've probably had them before. I love built bars because, all right, yes, let's get it over with get it over with but even though this is like the highest seller point they are healthy for you most of them contain 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs and 17 grams of protein compared to a regular candy bar which is 240 calories 30 grams of sugar and like a dozen net carbs all right all right but what i like the most is variety and you, you even i mean i'm mr variety in a lot of ways i get bored at a lot of things sometimes when people aren't t- like i need some new you need to be fresh all right And what I like about this is they got white chocolate cookies and cream. They got peanut butter brownie. Apple almond crisp was my favorite peanut butter brownie, all sorts of stuff. They got you covered, man. They got you covered. And because you're listening to this podcast, you can go to built.com and use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your order of these delicious. that I've been talking about for years. Remember that is promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com arm. we got to keep it rolling, man. We got to keep it rolling because even there's even more news. It was actually just announced recently that Luke Voigt, who I was super bullish on, has not been great. It looks like he's forcing a little bit too much, but more importantly, he's headed to the IL. And as a result of this move, the Padres called up old buddy Luis Campuzano, catcher for the San Diego Padres, and number 91, if I have it correctly yes. and look back at my notes, number 91 on the Just Baseball Top 100, He's been played, he's played for the Padres before. He's a catcher. You've been on this podcast talking about him a lot. What do you think of not just the move, but Luis Campizano in general?
0: Yeah. so I, I think he's finally ready. You know, I, I think he's finally ready to go. And uh, I had come on in the past, and, and some listeners may remember that I, I was very adamant and similar to CJ Abrams, you know, I understand that the, the rationale for a Padres team that's really trying to win now. Um, And and I'm not a believer in calling guys up too early stunting their growth. I think it could delay their development uh, because if they do struggle there, you know, that's more time they could be developing in the minor leagues. And especially if they're not playing every day, like we talked about with Abrams, it could delay. I don't really think it stunts their growth too much unless it becomes, you know, a confidence thing. I don't think Luis Camposano was very impacted, confidence-wise, when he came up to the big leagues and struggled. I think he knew that he was thrown into a very difficult position. When I would see, see when I would see Camposano come in to pinch it in the ninth against Craig Kimbrell or some closer, Jansen, like, to be exact, yeah, yeah, just like this is not fair. This is a joke. <laughs> you know like, what, what? What do you expect? It's one thing to to call him up early. It's another thing to throw him in there to pinch it in the ninth against the big league yeah. closer. Like he was just not in a position to succeed. But what does he do? He goes back to AAA and he mashed. But not only did he mash, he was solid defensively. His strikeout rate was more than reasonable. He walked more. He looked like a more well-rounded offensive player. And then even in the early going this year, it's been more of the same in AAA. I don't think he has anything left to prove in AAA. I really do believe in the bat. I think the glove is, is continuing to get better and better. And for me, it's just if Camposano – can't succeed at the big league level this time around then i think you start to, to look at it and say okay maybe there's there's something off here but personally i look at him yes there's going to be some swing and miss but the power is immense and i really do think that there's a very underrated field to hit there i do believe he's an above average offensive catcher could be a, a plus offensive catcher and the defense is more than good enough he should be able to help them now. And I'm very excited to see how he performs, but I hope he gets more consistent at bats. You're more the expert on that than I am. Mm -hmm. And I think Austin Nola has been all right so far this year, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, he's all right. He's just underrated I think defensively actually he's actually not too bad there the pitchers seem to like him he worked a lot with Darvish and all those guys in the offseason um they obviously got rid of Victor Caratini he's just not gonna hit a lot of home runs for you but he makes pretty damn good contact he's kind of like a just but for catcher wise if you're just gonna give me batting average and like an okay of on base like that's fine usually I actually thought that the Padres my big thing for the offseason was I was don't trade for a catcher I, I did not I hated the Wilson Contreras things because I was like I am not down for doing a rental of a guy when we don't even know what we have and this guy Campizano. why would you do a one-year guy when you have all right you've made fun of Alfaro on Twitter before Corey Alfaro I've times. mentioned yeah a couple times he's as a backup he's not killing them necessarily right now but he's a backup right I think that the Padres catching situation is fine. And I'm really curious to see what this injury, do they plan on having Matt DH? Do they plan on giving him starts at catcher? I don't know. Does this mean Alfaro's cooked? Are they already sick of him? I don't know necessarily. So it might be just them trying to catch lightning in a bottle. They just need someone with a high ceiling to come up and potentially do stuff for them. So I'm not entirely sure what it means for the the lineup in the future. But um, in terms of his value as a prospect, I can't wait. So,
0: you know, my thoughts on that, honestly, I – I think worst-case scenario, Luis Camposano is giving you what Jorge Alfaro is giving you, which is Mm. he's going to get his home runs uh, and and he's going to swing and miss. But I think that's worst-case. So I think Mm. that's how the Padres are looking at it now. I think they see what they're getting from Alfaro. They realize that it's just not going to get too much better. He might have his hot streaks, but it's not going to get too much better. Camposano could be up there, help you now, and even if he's struggling to make consistent contact, he's going to be able to give you that power. I mean, I can't emphasize enough how much power Camposano has. I mean, he's put up 113, 114 mile per hour exit velos uh, on home runs, which would put you, you know, in the top five, 6% uh, at the big league level, maybe even better than that. I think actually even better than that. Uh, So, I mean, he is top of the scale in that regard. And one of the things that really made me optimistic on Luis Camposano in terms of what we've seen this year and why I think he's big league ready is the stance and all of the pre-swing movements look a lot better. He used to be a bit more inconsistent with repeating his moves, big leg kick, uh, just struggled with mm-hmm. all of the moving parts, now a lot more simple, and I'm seeing him just as a much more advanced and complete He's going the other way more. He's really just fouling off tough pitches. He's going to center field, and then when it's middle end, trust me, you'll see that plus power eat, and he'll hit it 114 miles an hour over the wall. Uh, that's what's really stood out to me, and I mean, I watched certain at-bats against big league arms, like Matt Moore, James Caprillion, and, and good pitches being thrown to him. He's laying off of him. He seems like he's seeing the ball better. I think Camposano could surprise a lot of people. Uh, but, you know, there, there's a lot of risk. There's a wide range of outcomes. Mm-hmm. But I really like what I've seen so far from the catcher.
1: Yeah. And I'm excited to see how he does. Hey, maybe, maybe they're just going to use him as the DH. And they're going to be like, hey, go rake for a little bit and don't worry about the defense. Not the worst idea I, in the world. It I could wouldn't be hate that. I really yeah.
0: wouldn't hate that, and I think that is a possibility, and you're adding a, a bat here that has the upside, a higher upside than anybody you're going to call up right now, right? Like, yeah. or, or anyone that you're really going to be able to attain reasonably. Like mm-hmm. If he if he puts it together, that's an impact bat out of the gate. You're getting 20-plus home runs the rest of the way if Camposano is what we think he can be. Who else can give you that right now just by the simple saying, hey, come on down, do a – know san diego and come play with us it was that easy they didn't have to give up anything they didn't have to do anything
1: no one else is giving you that right now um and there's a good chance that he can't yeah and this is the importance of a farm system man i mean it's because i think in baseball the funny thing is that it depends on what team you're a fan of that you can almost kind of neglect to not care about farms if you're a yankees fan yeah, you get excited when you get your Volpe, but you're kind of like, all right, whatever. Who am I? Who are you, we trading for? It's
0: like assets. <laughs> if, if you're yeah. a Yankees fan, honestly, though, I think with the Padres, it's almost that way too, a little bit, mm-hmm. where it's appreciation of assets. It's almost yeah. like watching your draft picks. Uh, if mm-hmm. you have another team's draft pick, watching those teams lose and seeing that pick go up because you know it's a more valuable asset. For teams that are trying to win now, when those prospects really put it together, uh, it's like, oh, okay, that could be part of a deal that gets us an impact player. That's what happened with the Yankees last year. A lot of lower end prospects turned into legitimate prospects and they traded them. Um, And and I could see the Padres doing that with some of the more diamond and the rough guys. But when it Mm -hmm. comes to these players, these are reinforcements that can help them win now. and, And we're seeing them utilize them.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely a point to reiterate. I say it a lot because I know Padres Twitter and people who are in my mentions sometimes are like, "Yeah, but they're unsure things." I know, I get it, because that's what's so funny to me about baseball is there are a lot of people who are like, don't care about prospects. Unfortunately, getting to know you, I became corrupted and now care a lot more about prospects. But it's it's true that like you don't hear the I don't care about prospects in like the NFL and the NBA, you know, because most people no, like people kind of get it a little bit more because baseball it's it's a slow burn. You know what I mean? And it's there's like a, a lot of
0: trauma, right? Like yeah, every I'm yeah. sure every single person that says that will call back to a moment where it's like, I believed in this guy and he broke my heart, <laughs> yeah. you know, or and it seems like Mackenzie Gore was gonna Andrew be that guy. Sure for that, the
1: Padres. Yeah, that would have
0: been a lot more people that would have been that way. But mm-hmm. even if you feel as though prospects are not worth counting on, which I can understand to a degree, you still should be watching and following these guys because the better they perform the better the asset is to be able to trade. And I know it's a tad dehumanizing, but that's just what it is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you have that fifth round pick, that's now turning into a, a guy that looks like a steal from the draft and is now a top 100 prospect. That's great. That's good news because now you don't need to trade Robert Hassel. You can trade that fifth round pick and some other pieces that have turned into, you know, legitimate, valuable prospects. And that's always my case for, you know, why they're at least worth following to a degree.
1: Yeah. Hey, everybody. I get that it's a big part of them, but go look up the Dodgers' history. It's not just signing guys. I hate to break it to you. Cody Bellinger just hit two hard runs against us. That's not a guy they signed. Sorry, I hate to break it to you guys. Kershaw, Walker Buehler. That. It's it's that too, but they're really good at building a farm system. Look play. at the Astros. Look at the okay, Astros. Astros. There you go. I mean, you can go across some of the best Korea. teams
0: in baseball, and that's mm-hmm. that's a consistent, a, a constant. Um, mm-hmm. Even look at like Jake Cronenworth. It goes both ways. You can yeah. go find a prospect that's undervalued elsewhere that you like, go pick that guy out help him develop. And now you, you end up with a really good piece. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and Jake Cronenworth was not somebody that I think anybody was banking on being a, uh, an impact top 100 well, prospect. No. He never was a top no 100 one. prospect. Yeah. He never was. And now, you know, he's a guy that is one of the better players at his position. So it's just fun how that stuff works out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of just more assets and whatnot, the last thing I want to ask you before you wrap things up, who else should Padres fans keep an eye on, right? Or just people in general that just missed the Just Baseball Top 100, right? Because because you mentioned the Padres system has improved. It's made some strides forward despite all of the wheeling dealing over the last year. Give us some names and tell us why Padres fans should be interested.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, well, Clay Thompson's brother is no longer a prospect. Trace Thompson's 31 <laughs> years old. But by the way, Going off in Triple A, so if you need someone to fill in, he might run into a couple home runs. Seven home runs in 13 <laughs> games, but no on the on the legitimate prospect side, a name to follow is Tirso Ornelas, and Tirso Ornelas is an outfielder. Uh, he's at the Double A level now. Put up decent numbers in High A last year, but we talk about Jack McMullen, one of our co-hosts of the Just Baseball Show, and the call up. He called play by play. He was a play by play broadcaster for the Fort Wayne TinCaps, a high A affiliate for for the Padres. And you know, he kept telling me, "Sure, so Arnelis, man, he's just—he looks like he's right on the cusp of figuring it out." And he—he he was not great last year, but he was above average. And this year, I love what I've seen. It seems like he's tapped into more power. He seems to be, uh, and even though it's not showing up in the slugging percentage yet, the exit velocities are showing it. This is a guy that could be an interesting outfielder, and he's holding his own as. I believe a 22 year old at the double A level and just turned 22. Uh, So definitely a name to follow. Recent draftee Jackson Merrill was not the sexiest pick ever in the first round, Mm -hmm. but has been really good out of the gate in low A. I think hitting 389, he has been phenomenal out of the gate. Uh, Joshua Mears is another. Yeah, really risky prospect. I, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, mm. but he's 21 with some of the best raw power you're going to find in the minor leagues already has three of the hardest hit balls. I think three of the five hardest hit balls in the minor leagues this season have been by wow. Joshua Mears His seven home runs in 14 games. He's also punching out 37% of the time, uh, but that, he's a young player with limited experience worth following because if he puts it together, even remotely. Uh, in terms of the swing and miss, he could be a really, really fun player. And then on the pitching side, Robert Gasser is one of my yeah. favorite.
1: Uh, great low name, key, too.
0: Great name for a pitcher, right? One of yeah. my favorite low-key pitching prospects continues to get better and better each time out there, and uh, really good swing and miss stuff from a, from a funky delivery. That's a name to follow as well. Uh, but the Padres have some some sneaky depth in this system. And uh, even though one of my favorite sleepers just randomly retired and Ethan Elliott. Um, yeah, yeah there's, there's some really I was good pieces just about to ask
1: you that. Like, do we because I haven't someone just tweeted at me once. I was like, wait, what? Because I, I mentioned him on the show. And I was like, wait, what happened? This guy was like the number 10 to 12, uh, depending on who you, who you go to, like prospect for the Padres. And then he just kind of retired. Like, has there been have you seen anything about that? All that, all that has been said is personal. Um, so, you know, obviously yeah. I hope
0: everything's all right on his yeah, end. I know he was dealing with a shoulder issue at the end of the year. You know, I always think about Andrew Luck and how he just got tired of being hurt and sore all the time. You know, maybe it's something like that. I don't like to speculate, but, you know, was very surprising because he's a sneaky good prospect that just could pitch. He mm-hmm. could simply pitch. Uh, so I was very shocked by that. Uh, but the good news for the Padres overall is that they've had a lot of, Uh, players start to put it together, as I mentioned earlier, uh, that seem to be figuring it out. Uh, One other name to to follow that I I am very interested in is is Max Ferguson. Uh, He's looked good out of the gate as well this year in low A um, and should be called up to high A relatively soon. Uh, He's second-base outfielder, super utility-type guy that I think could give you a lot of value. He was a fifth-round pick in this past draft. Uh, I think he's going to climb through the minors pretty quickly and could be an interesting piece as well.
1: Hey. I love this man you always reinvigorate my hope you know that <laughs> you always just get me more excited because i've and i've talked to you a lot you by and it's it's so funny because it'll be like every like five months you'll be like oh god i have to do the padres write-up of their prospect <laughs> system it stinks and then all of a sudden so it shows you how much like it's just such a fun thing to talk about it because it goes so back and forth and who knows, by the time you get back here, maybe Gaster's going to be number 45 on the top. Whatever happens, it's going to be really fun, and I love talking about it and just keeping up with it. Because I will say, there's just from my experience with following Gore uh, and covering this team, it's been very fun to see him go through all this, and now he's there, and then he has that great start against Cincy. There's something about it that is infinitely more fun. Not I don't want to say more fun than like signing the big superstar, but there is something special to it. I know we romanticize this stuff sometimes to a detriment of human beings romanticizing the grind of the miners and, and we bring up Bull Durham and all this stuff. Right. But there is something about it, man. Like I have to admit there's something about it.
0: Yeah. Just because it's, there's always a cool story, you know, like, I and mean, we just interviewed uh, a guy, Michael Stefanik in the, in the angels organization on the call up. And you know, Stefanik was somebody that uh, it was, it was the coolest interview I've ever done. he was, he was, a walk on at an NAIA school undrafted sent highlight tapes to teams professional teams as if he was trying to get recruited like a college player and finally got one team the angels to to bite after several injuries to sign him to a rookie ball and he hit 400 across every level he's raking in AAA, and now he's knocking on the door of of you know, potentially being a big leaguer and, and he's going to be, it's, it's more of a matter of when, not if, and there's just something about that, you know, and I know there's a lot of bad stories and a lot of unfortunate things that happen, but th- that's where the romantic side of it comes. Is like, you never know what you're going to get. And that's why there's still 20 rounds in this draft is you just never know what diamond in the rough is going to figure it out and turn into a really exciting player. And it's just following that and watching that and seeing how things go I think is always just so fun. It's part of why I have this burning passion for it. Um, and, and you know, it does give teams hope and fans hope when things aren't going great for your organization. Fortunately, the Padres have a legitimate shot to be a good team now, uh, but it does give hope to and something to look forward to as well, uh, which I think is really a special quality for baseball because, you know, there's nothing really like that anywhere else. When you draft a player, usually they go straight uh, into your uh, active roster at the highest level and help you right away.
1: Absolutely, man. That's very well said. Before we officially close things out, do you have anything else you want to plug that you're working on upcoming or just, I don't know, Shane, what the heck? Just just go for it.
0: Uh, well, actually, so now that we just dropped the, the top 100 list at Just Baseball, uh, we will be doing a breakdown on the whole list on the Call Up podcast, which – you know, we're breaking it up into five episodes going 181, which just was out. Uh, and then, of course, all the way down in increments of 20 until uh, we get to number one and talking about why we put each guy where. Uh, so if you want more information on the Padres guys, where they stack up or division rivals and what their farm systems look like, because the Dodgers are perpetually good in that regard. I'm sorry. Um, and just, just kind of a state <laughs> of, of what the future of your division is or whatever it may be. Or you just want to know about more prospects in general definitely check out the call up and I'm sure we'll be interviewing some Padres prospects as the season goes on. We do usually a prospect interview every single week as well. Uh, so very excited about that coverage and check out just baseball.com as Javi uh, Javier Reyes is always writing uh, for <laughs> us and does a great job there, uh, but we're always putting out articles and really uh, excited about the uptick in volume in that regard and major league coverage over
1: there. Uh, so definitely check that out. Yeah. And for the record, I real person texted me like actually was like, how could you say that the Trey Turner for Will Myers trade was a, was a good idea for the record guys. I was kidding. It was a spin zone. Me being a jerk take in my writing for the website. I don't know. I'm not going to name your name on here, but dude, like, can you just read like for a second when I said I was kidding anyway? Um, so yes, guys definitely go check that out. I've got some stuff that I'm working on for the site as well. And, um, yeah, man. It's been a blast as always. Everybody go check out Arm on Twitter at and 8 Check out that call-up podcast. Great name for a podcast. Surprise it wasn't taken already. Um, and feel free to check out the rest of Just Baseball. Not gambling advice, whatever the heck they have on there. Really great website, guys. And also, last podcast I'm going to recommend to you guys for today is Locked On MLB, hosted by your boy, Paul Francis Sully. Call him Sully brings you his unique perspective call on silly. the past and present yeah please please somebody please call him Sully. we've been begging you we've been begging you uh it's free and available where we, get, we get all your platforms guys And with that all being said that about does it for today's edition of the lockdown potter's podcast guys the only pod that may be better than the pot themselves remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from follow arm on twitter follow me on twitter Hold on. Let me get it right. Uh, there we go. At Peno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And subscribe to the YouTube because I like seeing the numbers go up. It makes my brain happy. Until next time, stay safe. And, of course, stay faithful, my Friar Faithful homies. Take care.